Welcome to Dine with the Divine. I'm Ashley, your host, and together we'll be exploring the magical, the mystical, and everything in between. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the Akashic Records and the original International Man of Mystery. So thank you, everybody, for being here. I hope you're having a great week. And if you're not, I hope it's going to get better soon. So today we have a very fabulous guest. We have Tara Kenzie. She is a spiritual thought leader, oracle, soul purpose, slash business mentor, and initiatory guide for mystical women becoming modern-day oracles and heart-based business leaders. She ignites and brings clarity to soul purpose and potential for this life by uncovering your unique blueprint to identify soul contracts and path of destiny through accessing the wisdom of their soul using the Akashic Records and teaches them how they can do this for themselves and others. Tara provides mystical and practical guidance through transformational experiences (laughs) and courses to help her clients and students amplify their spiritual gifts, build confidence, and feel empowered to believe in themselves and share their services and offerings with the world. She firmly believes with focus and devotion that anything is possible and dreams do come true. Yay. (laughs) Hi, Tara. How are you? I'm doing wonderful and I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I'm so excited to have you. Yes. So... I guess we'll start out with where I start out with everybody pretty much. So how did you get on this journey to doing all the amazing things you're doing now? Okay, the journey. Uh, (laughs) So in all honesty, I've been from very young connected into the spiritual realms. However, I believe it was about 2012, 2013 when things really shifted or like the spiritual awakening as we would call it so to Mm -hmm. speak so that's when things just started to shift more where I I guess accepted being more in tune to my environments or came to a place of understanding that I don't need to block (laughs) the things that you think or feel that other people might not necessarily understand so just coming to a place of acceptance for self, coming to a place of acceptance for the gifts that I have, and then figuring out or trying, oh my gosh, trying to figure out what it all means. Ah. (laughs) Oh, all of the questions. So I ended up working more primarily with plants, not plant medicine, but aromatherapy. I was doing body work and then that just opened me up to working with the realms of spirit even more wow being really in touch with who you are and like your body and everything like that so that's really cool that you got to experience that when did it turn for you that you realized like wow like I actually can do this and help other people do this because you when I was just reading your bio you do a lot of really interesting things and it seems like you really help a lot of people like you say in here, find their soul purpose and their potential. And when did you find that, wow, actually I can help other people do this and what inspired you to do that? So I've always been in, in fields of helping people. That's been a driving force for me. I used to work in social services and crisis work for troubled youth. And so that was, has always been my focus to really be of service and to help people. But I found 
It was more when I took a holistic health practitioner course. That's where I was doing the aromatherapy and and working in that way because so I'm saying holistic practitioner course, but my school <laughs> it felt like Hogwarts. It was okay. amazing. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. <laughs> it's called Transformational Arts College. And it's based out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So it literally was like Hogwarts because we focused on the human energy field. We focused on practical ways to work with the body, but then bringing in intuitive development and bringing in how to understand the body and the energetics or the mechanisms of the body and the energetics. And that's when it really clicked for me because I I come from a background that has been more professional, although like full disclosure, I've also been a wild woman that did alternative <laughs> performance art. So okay. nice. <laughs> so kind of all over the place. Yeah. However, like I, I like to have that sense of professionalism and that's just the way I've always been. So for me to full blown say, hi, I'm doing the spiritual arts and not having a tangible real worldly connection to it for in my mind wasn't possible, mm. <laughs> even though it is. Oh my gosh, our minds will tell us these things, but yeah. it is possible. Absolutely. So I worked in both of those realms and saw the shifts for clients and wanted more. Because mm. even though we were doing massage, I'm a channel, so I'd be receiving information. Wow. Or I'd be picking up on energies or spirits around them, and it's, can I tell you something? Wow. <laughs> and so it just, it naturally unfolded. But then I wanted to know more. I wanted to understand, okay, so how does this work? How am I doing this? What, once again, what does this all mean? I'm like... <laughs> eternal student I'm a seeker I want to know how things are even though I understand we don't always have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt how they work because yeah. spirit you can't always yeah no those are no that's that's exactly how I feel I want to know how everything works all the time mm -hmm. but also have a deep understanding that like I'm just not gonna get it sometimes and it's fine yes I totally feel you I feel you I'm also like the eternal student. I want to learn every little modality and see if it works for me. And then I want to understand why it works. But then uh, th you get to a point when you're understanding it. That's and this part is just how it is. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're like, I guess I'm gonna shut up now and not ask any more questions. You're like, and this and it's kind. But you think about that. And I was so. It's really interesting that you used you were social work social worker i don't know yeah. if you still do it but oh i know a lot of people a friend of mine actually shout out to allison she of new lunar light in colts neck new jersey go check Yay. out her store if you live here she used to be a social worker and now she owns her own metaphysical shop there's a lot of people who do social work especially i find and end up in this and it makes sense People go into, oh, and one of my other really good friends, ah! she's a therapist. Oh my God, I'm thinking like, oh my God, all those social people I know who do social work. My other friend, hey, Becca girl, what's up? She's a shamanic practitioner and a therapist and she has a degree in social work too. So like, I feel like it makes sense. All Social work is dealing with people and trying to get people in the best place that you can. So yeah. 
all you guys become a lot of you becoming healers and doing different things in the spiritual realm makes so much sense because your whole you wanted to go into a profession where you could help people and the other thing I was going to ask you oh yeah so I'm always fascinated because everybody's different when you say you were like and I don't know if your technique is the same now but right when you started when you would be giving a massage how would you feel when a message was coming through for you how would you like feel how would you know was there like a first time when you're like what's happening yeah what was that what's that like for you so I feel because I I want to say it wasn't completely uncomfortable for me Mm -hmm. because from a very young age I would pick up on yeah. things or feel things and see things and it was a lot oh my gosh and when you don't have the coping skills to understand what that is or work with it it can be challenging and when I started to understand that there was nothing wrong with me I was not crazy I didn't have to be afraid because sometimes I would receive information and I wouldn't like it I'm like yeah. oh my gosh why do I have to know this ah and it yeah. was real yeah and then you don't want to know But I feel like that's where you had mentioned, if we're going to be working with people, it's like, it it all starts with you and doing your healing and your self-discovery. So I started to become more comfortable with the fact that I received information. However, that being said, when you are working, doing massage, I want to say traditional massage, it wasn't, but like aromatherapy massage a lot of your client base is not in in the metaphysical world. A lot of them, I can't fully say that because a lot of them would find me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you could be open, but that's not the norm. So yeah. I did find not necessarily an uncomfortability of the information that was coming through or how to work with it, However, more of an uncomfortability of, oh gosh, can I tell them this? Is this Mm -hmm. okay? Is this even mine to know right now? So it was more of an uncomfortability of what do I do with this? Yeah. So I found, because it started happening a lot more, because once you open yourself up to the flow of spirit, it can't not be amplified. Yeah. Things will just flow more. And I started giving clients a little bit of a disclosure. Hey, I receive messages. Is it okay if I share with you when I receive one? And people generally would always say yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And then in time, the body work fell away because it was like my heart wasn't in it as much as it was before. And then I found the Akashic Records and Mm. did such a, a deep dive within myself and became enamored by them and then that was the path it was and the body work fell away very beautifully and made Mm. room for more of that which i love oh man i love that i love that (laughs) oh my gosh so you just is it's so interesting that Again, I know a couple of people too who did massage and body yeah. work and different things and the same thing. And, and it just, spirit gets you ready when they're getting you ready. First, we're going to inch you into this. And now it's, you don't need to give people the massages to tell them all about their lives. We're just going to let you do it. Yeah. Like, so 
That is super amazing and interesting. We're going to, I'm going to go to the next thing because we're going to yeah. talk a lot about our tea time part is going to be about Kashuk Records and I want to get okay. there, but we're going to get to the, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go to our dish of the week first. I know you said that you like papaya and mango for breakfast. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I was like, all right, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to look. As soon as I can open this link, geez. Oh, I figured out what I'm doing wrong. Okay, (laughs) so I was like, I don't eat a lot. I eat a lot of mango, but Mm. I don't eat a lot of papaya. And I was like, just looking at papaya stuff. And I was like, we're going to pick these 10 papaya desserts. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, so (laughs) today's dish of the week dishes are 10 easy papaya desserts. Because I thought this was really cute. And they're very pretty. So I was like, let's do it. Our first are gluten-free and vegetarian-free. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. papaya <laughs> bars, and they take 15 minutes to prepare and 25 to cook. They're soft, and they have a moist techner- texture, and they're a lot like lemon bars, but they're stronger, fruitier, and less tart with the papaya. Oh. Yeah, you can sweeten the bars <laughs> with honey and add powdered sugar topping if you want a little bit of extra sweetness. It looks really cute. It's in a little mason jar. Then we have papaya mousse. Actually, oh wait, this is the one in the in the mason jar soup. Whatever. Okay, I'm sure you can put the other one in mason jar too. Whatever you want. You're um, getting me all <laughs> excited about the papaya. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is cute. This is papaya mousse. You use oats, dates, cashews, coconut cream, papaya, mm. vanilla extract, and some dark chocolate. Yeah, mix together, stick in the fridge, and it's chocolatey, tropical, fruity, and creamy, and it sounds really good. All right. Gosh. I know. Then we have this one that I'm going to have to pronounce very slowly and I'll probably say it wrong. Mm. It's papaya coconut ham and tashen. Ham and tashen, I believe. Mm. And this is a traditional Jewish dessert that people serve during Purim. It's little triangular. Oh, I've seen these cookies before. I don't know what these are. Sorry. I I was like, wait, (laughs) I've eaten these before. Yeah, they're like... These little triangle pastries that are like folded in and usually have a little different type of jam or something Mm. in the middle. It's very good. They're like a little bit like macaroons, but not. Mm. So we have that. Ooh, we can make papaya gelato. That's it's very easy with papaya, coconut cream, and maple syrup. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that's fine. (laughs) Sounds good. Papaya coconut crumble tea cake. Nice. Mm. We've got papaya lime cheesecake. Okay, I'll try it. Can't promise I'll eat all of it. <laughs> Brazilian papaya cream. And then we've got papaya halwa. Okay, cool. And this is... Is that the sesame paint? Yeah, it, no, it's like... It looks like a little, like a jam kind of thing. Yeah, okay. I don't really understand. Okay. Even the person who wrote this blog said, I've never really considered cooking papayas until I found this recipe. Oh. And apparently, (laughs) like, you mix it up. It's chunky. Okay, that's fine. Hmm. There's papaya coconut muffins. And last but not least, we have tropical papaya boats. And these are very cute. You can put different yogurt in it, different other fruits. There's one here with some cherries and some almonds in it. There's one with some kiwi and cherries and blueberries so is that where you like have the papaya cut in half and you put yogurt and then decorate it yeah ah 
This is very <laughs> Pinteresty. I'm really into it. I oh. won't ever do it because I'm not this organized, but it's very <laughs> cute. And I hope somebody I know does it so I can go and take a picture of this. Yay! Oh, I love <laughs> that. You had me at like the gelato because it was three <laughs> ingredients. Yeah. This, all of these, that's the nice thing. This is it, The article is literally called 10 Easy Papaya Desserts. So, oh. Yeah. All of these are super, super easy to make. And everybody, the, the links in the show notes, if you love a papaya, I would suggest that you try it out. Okay. Yay. Yay. Okay. So now we are getting on to our next section of the show. But first, I have to plug myself. Please. Um, so... <laughs> If you like this show, hold on one second. Okay. So if you enjoy this show, I'm going to edit that part out. Let's start again. Okay. This is the part of the show where I plug myself. (laughs) If you enjoy this show, we are Dying with Divine and you can find us on any podcasting hosting forum. And if you're listening right now, if you could pause and maybe give us a five star, it makes it easier for other people to find us. We're also Dying with the Divine on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to comment, if you want to check out little clips that I post. We're also on TikTok that I've recently started to use and figure out how to use. So that's very exciting. Also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email me at dinewiththedivinepod at gmail.com. And yeah, send me anything you want to send me and we can chit chat. Now we're on to our next section. So next section is our tea time section (laughs) and tea time. We try to learn something. And today we're going to learn all about something that you Tara know very well. We're going to talk all about the Akashic records. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I like always knew what the Akashic records were, but I wasn't really, I, I don't know. I didn't know like a lot. I've never learned exactly how to do it. All I know is that, when the first time so years and years ago i used to go to this one center that i used to do like mediumship and we they had a course one weekend that was like oh introduction to shamanic healing and this is what like led me on my path but Mm. during this course we would do shamanic journeying so it's just like a really deep meditation basically with drumming and things like that when we did our meditation during one of our journeys i ended up in this place so there's not gonna go deep into it but there's three worlds in shamanic in in west let's just say in most shamanic practices upper middle and lower so in this particular exercise we went to the upper world which is the world of like angels and prophets and that kind of big deal deities okay so we went up there and i'm walking around and it's all clouds it's all really cool And I walk into this building and everything looks like there's columns and there's a bunch of dudes running around. And I think they're wearing like togas. I don't know. That's what it looked like in my head. So when I walk in, everyone stops and they're all looking at me and I'm looking at them like, yeah, I know. I also don't know what I'm doing here. We're all confused. (laughs) But then it basically was like shown to me that this was like people were looking up books and everyone's reading different books and this one dude was telling me like showing me something and it was a book but I couldn't understand what was in the book I could it was like written in a different language but he was trying to explain something to me but I didn't really understand what was going on but 
then we came out of our journey and I was talking to my friend about this later and she's like, oh my God, I've seen that place. That's the Hall of Records. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, that's the Hall of Records where they keep like a record of every everything that's ever happened to you and everything that's ever going to happen to you. And I was like, cool. Like, I didn't know. But yeah. Like, yeah, so that's been my only like real experience with Akashic Records is that I think I've seen this in my journey but now that's my story so let's get to uh, <laughs> let's talk about it more i'm here for it yeah it was pretty cool so when you go to wikipedia the first thing you'll see here about the akashic records is <clears throat> in the religion of theos theosophy and the Sorry, everybody. I had a long day. So I have to apologize. <laughs> Let's start again. In the religion of theosophy and the philosophical school of anthrosophy, sure, the Akashic Records are a compendium of all the universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and all life forms, not just human. They are believed by theosophists to be encoded in the non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane because it is believed that the records are encoded vibrationally into the inherent fabric of space. Some have likened the mechanism as similar to how holograms are created. There is currently no scientific evidence for the existence of Akashic records and rigorous science scientific research in this field has little traction yeah that makes sense why would they want to they'd be like that's weird yeah like, people are gonna spend money but it's fine all spiritual people know it exists yeah yeah <laughs> the akasha is a sanskrit word for the aether so like the sky mm -hmm. and the atmosphere just so everybody knows okay so tara when did you start learning about the akashic records <laughs> oh god okay so my story of like my my full introduction to them is funny which i have to share oh yes please. Um, however i had heard about them i would probably say yeah like around 2012 like somewhere in that time space and i had heard of them i didn't quite fully understand them I knew there were readings that I wanted to have a soul reading, but at the same time, I, d I didn't find someone that I resonated with. Because okay. when you know if you yes. vibe with someone or not, and f fast forward to Tinder. Oh, yes. I love a story that involves Tinder. <laughs> I love a Tinder story. Go ahead. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Fast forward to Tinder. Random encounters, but nothing is random. And this individual that I connected with, oddly enough, was from the city that I grew up in, but they were visiting the city mm. that I lived in. And they had an Akashic Records reading. So they were telling me about this person, Amor Luz. Thank you. Thank you. And she, and her name is Amor, A-M-O-R, Luz, L-U-Z. So it's okay. like love and light. That is her name. Wow. <laughs> For real. I love that. Oh my gosh. I know. Yes. So when I heard about that and connected with her, I had a reading mm -hmm. and it literally just changed everything in my world. It was life changing. Wow. And then I just love how when you open up the doors to yourself and your soul, 
beautiful experiences happen because right after that reading, there was a retreat that she was hosting. It was like a yoga retreat at Akashic Records. But I went for the Akashic Records. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're doing an Akashic Records retreat. I'm coming. And I went to that. And it was probably one of the most profound experiences that I've ever had in terms of clearly receiving information because this retreat was to learn how to work in your own records. Mm. So it, it was just like crystal clear information that I received for myself. Even like the, oh, there's so much to the story, but even the way that some of us were all connected at the yeah. retreat. Mm. And it just, it changed everything in my life, in my world, in the direction that I was going on so many levels. And I just, <laughs> I chuckle because I, I, like I said, I went to this retreat for the Akashic Records mm -hmm. and what that meant. And I was very in tune with the spiritual world and so many of the lovely folks went for yoga and yeah. some of them had no clue. They're like, what was that? What did we just do? <laughs> oh my God, I'm terrified. I need to go home early. It was just like... <laughs> It was like the best experience ever in my world. And for some people, not traumatic, but just like too much. Yeah. <laughs> like open the floodgates. Ah. But I'm a saying. cool story just to build upon our soul connections. And there is no such thing as a coincidence. They're truly, yeah. if things are happening, like it's happening for a reason. It's not just coming out of the blue. Yes. So for the retreat, the Amour, she was the one hosting it. She had told me this story and the group a couple times about a past life that had taken place where her current partner at that time, they had been together and it was a different time and a different place and there were waging wars. And so she ended up being slayed or murdered by someone else that was from the waging the opposing side, we'll say. Mm -hmm. and it was just so fascinating because it, it was gory. So trigger warning, okay, yeah, <laughs> blood, yeah. murder. Yeah. But it had happened where she had a huge blade that struck her in the head and like almost mm. sliced her in half. And she Ooh. was pregnant in that lifetime with twins. Mm. Who do you think one of her children was? Me. <gasps> and... <laughs> What? The best That's friend awesome. that went to the retreat with me was uh -huh. the other twin. <gasps> and the interesting thing is the whole retreat, me and my friend were sitting by each other, but she was always behind me. And when we were in the womb, she was the one that was above me. And it was like mind blowing. I'm like, and it gets even more wild and exciting. The person in that life mm -hmm. that murdered her was at the retreat. <gasps> oh my God. This is like a telenovela <laughs> about the Akashic Records telenovela right here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and in that whole experience, because it was almost like I ended up downloading all of that information at the very end of the retreat. It was time to go <sighs> home. And then it was like this lightning rod. And then everybody came together from that life time in this life and held and embraced and forgave wow. and it was a huge coming full circle to heal that 
That is such a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> and that's beautiful. Look at, oh, I also am somebody who always says I do not believe in coincidences at all. I believe everything like ha- is so happening for some type of reason. And some people are like, what about all the shitty things that happen? I'm like, like yeah, I, I know. I'm not saying it's a good reason. No. I'm just saying that there's a reason. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that things happen, everything is okay. I'm just saying no. that things happen for a reason. But, oh, my God, what a healing experience <laughs> for everybody there. Like, all the murder. and yeah. But we're all here together now in this lifetime, sharing these moments, learning together. That is so cool. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And to build upon it, and there's just more. Because there is always more with the Akashic Records to build upon that. When I was growing up, I didn't have my dad. Like, my mom left him when I was about three because Mm -hmm. alcohol is a bitch. So, yeah, I didn't actually grow up with him. I didn't know him until I was in my 20s. And at that retreat, the person that was my father in that lifetime, who had literally lost his family but to having his wife that was pregnant, with twins murdered he gave me a hug and I had never felt in a way that I remember the hug of a father that was unconditional love in that moment it was so powerful and I will cherish that whole experience for as long as I live and remember like that That is why I'm like, that was the best retreat ever. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm Mm -hmm. so happy for you that you got to experience something Mm -hmm. so beautiful. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) And it's like sometimes you just get exactly what you need when you didn't even realize you needed that. (laughs) That's wild. Well, wow. And to work in the records, too, mm-hmm. all have this ability to access it. And even for you, where you were sharing, you're like, I went on a shamanic journey and I went there. Yes, mm-hmm. you can do that. There's so many different methods or ways to access them, but there's not just one way. You literally could go on a shamanic journey and go into your records, or you could use an access passage and go to your records or do some sort of other meditative practice and go into them and the information that comes through is (laughs) sometimes I laugh because Mm. we make things so much more complicated than they need to be like our minds even intuition when that like kicks in it doesn't have to be so complicated and the records are just clear direct they spell it out sometimes Sometimes they'll make you work for it, but for the most part, it's just, it's easy. It's, oh, why did I not think of that? Thank you. (laughs) Can I tell you, sometimes I give people, like I do tarot card readings. Yes. Sometimes I do readings and you'll get a message. And especially when it comes to like relationships. And then people, I always feel like I'm the asshole. But like, (laughs) I get these people like, what should I do in this relationship? And it'll be like, oh, you should leave. And they'll be like, what else? I'm like, I don't know. That's what they said. And like people, (laughs) it'll be like, you need to make a decision on what's best for you. And they're like, yeah, but what's best for me? And it's, I don't know that's for you to decide. Like, that's just the message I'm getting. I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, people think, look at me like I'm not trying to help them. I am, but I can only tell you what they're telling me. And they're, 
Because to them, and we always, like, me and a couple of my friends always joke, time and space, this shit doesn't matter to them. So, like, when they they tell us, like, when I get messages and stuff, like, it'll be the most blunt, simple thing sometimes. And other people are like, but that's it. I'm like, yeah, man, because to them, they're like, you idiot humans. Sometimes (laughs) you make everything so difficult and you're putting all this into that. And even there's been times when I've been super, like, down or like I go to like my altar or I'll just like if I'm just sometimes I'm in the bathroom and I'm crying like (laughs) something is wrong and I'm just like trying to talk to my guys and they'll always they come to me with love and compassion but they also just tell me straight up they're like that was stupid you shouldn't have done that and I'm like yeah you guys are (laughs) (laughs) now you are where you are and I'm like yeah that's fact sorry guys they're like we're gonna help you through it but girl get it together I'm like it's just true and they're there all along. It's like yeah. they're trying to talk to you and yeah. it's up to you if you listen. Yes, that's the thing. Like if you it's your fault. Like they, they want you to know that like they're 100% always going to be with you and behind you and they support you. But if you don't listen to them and you decide I'm just going to make something happen that I know is probably not a good decision. They're going to be like, okay, girl, and you're going to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. We'll be there to pick you up, but we're also going to say, I told you, and it's not a problem in a loving, <laughs> special way. And um, <laughs> could we also say this is not a threat? This is a promise? Yes. <laughs> it's, that's guaranteed. Like, my guys are great at that. They're like, okay, watch. Let, let me let you go do what you think you're going to do. No problem. No problem. <laughs> we told you it's going to happen, but if you want to play games, that's fine. Go ahead. Bye. See you in 10, 10 minutes when you start crying about it. No. I love it. I love my loving. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. Right. <laughs> you know how I roll. I love you. Um, <laughs> so just so everybody we've obviously been talking about this but just so here's another quote i found that i like to describe in the akashic records mm-hmm. akashic records are basically a record of what will happen is happening or has happened because they are a higher dimension the rules of time don't really apply mm-hmm. time is a flat circle to the akashic record so the information from 2000 years ago is accessible is as accessible as what happened to you yesterday and what happened to you yesterday is as available as what could happen to you if you stay in the same destiny trajectory in 10 years Ooh. yeah so i think it's interesting because people have this argument right I've heard people talk about Akashic Records, but then they'll talk about, yeah, but I don't believe in fate, which is like, Mm. fair. I don't really believe, I believe in fate in a weird way. How do you think about Mm. that? So I do believe that there, there is fate and there is destiny. And at the same time, we're, we're creating that too. Yeah. So things can shift. And and even, so this is interesting because I was 18 years old. So before I went into the social service, sorry, 19, 18 or 19. Anyway, before I went into the social services pathway, I was going to take holistic health. Mm. I was already registered at college to do the child and youth program. And I was like, ooh, holistic health. I want to do that, but I'm already registered for this. And then once again, things came full circle and I went that path. The long way or the short way is what I feel with fate. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I like that. I feel a similar way because I feel like people like, okay, just like a lot of things in the spiritual realm, most things aren't black and white because again, people's it's not a science. Yeah, I know that. So I do think that there's a lot of things that are in the gray and there's a lot of things that are way bigger than human understanding. So I do also believe the way you're saying it's so you were going to start out with something, you ended up something else, but look, you went around Robin, (laughs) but you ended up in the same kind of place. So I think that too. And I also believe that there's certain people like, for instance, talk about fate. There's people in our life that we're supposed to meet. And even, especially I think this in relationships, I think that we all get into relationships and I can think of, now being far removed from some of those relationships that I know why I was in that why I met this person even if it wasn't a good situation necessarily I can understand why we were in a romantic relationship or friends or whatever and I think that's a big thing in fate so I do think you're fated to meet certain people in your life Mm -hmm. because there's something you're going to learn from them or something they're supposed to learn from you or vice versa but I actually think everybody learns something from everybody they, <laughs> right. they meet. But also I think that, and it talks about in here, like about trajectory. I think everybody must understand that you can change your fate. You can change how mm. you want things to go in a way. Like, I do think there's like a little bit of a predetermined, like these are the seven like the ways. the blueprint. Yeah, there's a blueprint. But... Like these are the seven ways this might go. But it's up to you on how you want it to go. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to. Everything is not going to necessarily end up with you. Oh, I used to be a bit of a Debbie Downer. I used to be like, everything bad happens to me. It's, yeah, because that's all I was talking about ever. Like, I would <laughs> never think that. Oh, Ever. I oh, used to you. be. Oh, my God. I used to be the eternal victim. I always say before mm. I like really started my spiritual path. I was the eternal martyr and the eternal victim. Like I, and I took me so long and so much healing to realize that like a lot of my trauma, I was just Mm. continuing to perpetuate it for the rest of my life because I wouldn't come out of a state of victimhood. Like I was like, everything happened to me. Like (laughs) like, how I was going to live my life forever. But like I got, I realized, wow, I don't have to live like this. I could like just try to, get shit together and i did so mm. better nobody's perfect but yeah <laughs> but anyway. well, that's amazing though to shift that mindset or way of being it's huge yeah and it definitely takes a lot i always like we talk i was talking to somebody about this how like it is really difficult i think for anybody who's gone through trauma any type of trauma to think hey and i always say this very delicately because i don't want people to misunderstand me it's not about blaming it's not about saying i am responsible for my trauma no you're not somebody did something to you or you've been through stuff not your fault but later on in life how you deal with it is your responsibility nobody can take that from you so if you choose to perpetuate it to put it on other people to do that kind of thing that is your choice but if you can find a place where you can either make you have to unfortunately go through that trauma sometimes and look at it speaking of akashic records this is sometimes mm-hmm. that's something that could probably help it but you have to actually go through those traumas and be like what happened i have to acknowledge what happened so i can somehow either heal it or make peace with the fact that this is just how it is and it sucks it's really shitty. Like, <laughs> I want to emphasize easy. that. Yes. <laughs> Let's all understand that this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> moving through your trauma is the shittiest part. But like when you come out the other side and you're like, okay, I've made peace with this thing that happened to me or I'm going to move on from it. It's when you're like, okay, I can live my life now because you're not giving your energy to that thing anymore. You're not feeding it. When you perpetuate it and you're just like, this is what happened to me. and blah, blah, You're just feeding that monster. And yeah. once you're able to kind of, and I hate saying let go because you're never going to be healed. You're never going to let go of what happened to you, but you can move forward. You can mm. keep going from it. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant about that. Oh, let me shut up. I'm going to move it's on. It's so <laughs> true though. Like with all things, like any sort of healing or spiritual development mm. or life. Oh my gosh. Life in general. <laughs> yeah. Awareness is key for everything because once you see, then you know and then you can choose. Do I move forward or do I stay in the muck? But yeah. at least <laughs> you got to know what you're going to walk through if you're yes. going to walk through it. You know, and I see this a lot and it happens a lot with like I work with a lot of people who are dealing with grief. Mm. The only way, unfortunately, to get to the other side of grief is by feeling all of your feelings. Oh. Like, yeah. it, it sucks. Like, yeah. like you, but you feel the fuck out of your feelings mm. for as long as you need to. Take your time. But when you come out the other side, you're like, ooh, girl, okay, I'm always going to maybe feel this sadness or I'm always going to feel this whatever. But I'm also realizing that I can move on at some point. Like I can move through it and this will mm -hmm. always be something in my life that has affected me. But I'm going to keep going and do other things and have other experiences. It sucks. It's really hard. But there's a lot of people out here doing it. So if you're doing that, I'm mm -hmm. proud of you. Good job. Yes. And if you're at the, yay. <laughs> yes. And if you're at the beginning of your journey, you're like, I can't even think about moving through anything. That's okay. Take your time. It's hard. Mm. Don't worry. Just take your time to move through that. Sorry. I went on a full oh, rant. <laughs> I love the rant. Oh, my God. Because it's so important. And it's stuff that isn't talked about all the time. It's, yes, you're on a spiritual path. Everything's amazing. Yeah. Fuck no. Oh, <laughs> I wish, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, I, I see all these, like, funny memes about yes. people, like, what I thought my spiritual journey. And they're, like, walking <laughs> through, like, a mountain and beautiful freaking kimonos. And then they're, like, what it is. And they're, like, in a dumpster <laughs> fire. It's Yeah, yes. that's what it basically, that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> But worth it. The dumpster fire's worth it. So worth it. You're going to get a couple buckets of water. It's going to take yeah. you a while to put the fire out. But it's fine. <laughs> You're going to look like shit. But when you come out the other side, you'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry. That's so hilarious. It's just the truth. Thank yeah. you, Tara, for perpetuating truth. I love mm -hmm. you. You're doing great. So one other thing before I go mm -hmm. to our story time. So the other thing about the records is you can use them as a resource whenever you need answers. So it's something where you can ask the records, whatever you need, and you can go to somebody like Tara who can help you access the records. But I know Tara, you also have a program where you help people do it for themselves. So yes. it's something that everybody can do, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and that's honestly my favorite thing. I love doing the one-on-one -on -one sessions or group readings. However, mm. the thing that I get so excited about is sharing with people how they can do it. You can mm. do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a middleman. Like you could, but you yeah. like you you have the ability. And so that's 
I'm always advocating for allowing yourself to receive the gifts that you have and using them. Yes. Yeah. So good. I love that. It's like, there's a lot. This. Because it's not coveted. Sorry no. for the But it's, it feels like there's so many things that have been coveted and like, I do the thing and you can't. It just like, that's some of the old dogma that has been hanging around and it's like getting blasted out. Yeah, we don't need that. Everybody mm. is, has access to this realm. Like you said before, as long as you like, when you opened yourself up to it, that's when you started to get more. And it's the same mm-hmm. for anybody who wants to do that work. So that's awesome. We love Akashic Records officially yes. on this podcast. If anyone asks me, that is our stance on Akashic Records. They're great. <laughs> and you know what's cool? I've done courses with students where we've opened the records, like they've opened their records, and they have been amazed because, oh my gosh, this is the place that I go when I do Reiki. Or, oh my oh, gosh, wow. like I've been here before, but they didn't know where they were going interesting yeah. that's cool <laughs> so cool oh, i love that see like so many different spiritual modalities we're all actually doing the same thing hmm. we're just getting there by different means of transportation absolutely and i love it we're doing great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're making it work yeah <laughs> okay so we're gonna go next to our story time Ooh, this has been a whole story time already yeah. <laughs> this has been a big story time <laughs> And we're going to go on to one more. (laughs) This has been fun. Oh, I love it. I picked this story time because I don't know. Somehow. So we're talking about theosophy a little bit here. Theosophy, if anybody doesn't know, is like a like a religion, but not really. That was the brainchild of Helena Blavatsky. Yeah. Yeah. Madame Blavatsky. Yeah. No. (laughs) Unfortunately, she sucks. Mm. yeah (laughs) only because she's like really racist so i just wanted to say that as a disclaimer yeah there's some things she said were like that are worth okay yeah that's cool but she's like super racist Mm. edgar casey was also a little racist but he also said some stuff that was valuable so we got to take what we can from these people but maybe not the racist part oh Um, definitely not yeah so that's our uh, disclaimer on those two so we're gonna go now we're gonna tell this story of the count de saint germain because this guy was mysterious and there became a really interesting lore about him mm-hmm. later on. The Count de Saint-Germain. So who the hell was this guy? We don't really actually know. We all never probably really know who this guy was because <laughs> there was no DNA back then. So let's start with what we maybe know about him. And was he really real? Yeah. Was he even a person? <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> who knows? It's really wild. So what we know about this guy is that he may have been born in 1691 or 1712. Not sure. He claimed to be the son of Francis II Ricosi, who was a prince of Transylvania. But by most accounts, this probably wasn't true. In some accounts, written historical records were written that this guy had a son who died when he was four. But then some people were like, maybe his son who was four was actually this guy, the Count Saint-Germain. But... That probably wasn't true. It's probably not what happened. But people didn't understand how this guy ended up having so much money and he had a really good education and he could speak a whole bunch of languages. So time goes on. Nobody really knows what's going on. He now the count, the count claimed a lot of things. 
again, we don't know what was true, what wasn't, but he said he was supposedly educated in Italy by the last of the Medicis. And the Medicis mm-hmm. are like a big deal in the Renaissance era. They were like basically the Kardashians of the time. Everybody knew who they were. They I even love had that a analogy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Medici was basically a mom and she was Chris Kardashian. So she like directed shit. Like she was up there. So by the last of the Medicis, Gian Gladstoni who was allegedly his mother's brother-in-law. We don't know what's true again. And he said he was a student at the University of Seine. Throughout his life, he deliberately spun a confusing web to conceal his name and actual origins. And the other problem was this dude used mad names. And we'll tell you in a second. Mm. He used all sorts of different names and aliases, so we don't know what's happening. So the this one guy, apparently, the Marquis de... the Marquis de Croquet... He said that the Count was an Alstalian Jew, which is like a Jewish person from Alsace-Lorraine. That area, I think, is between France and Germany. They're like the oldest Jewish people in Europe. So they said mm-hmm. some people said he was from there. Some people said his real name was Simon Wolf, and he was born in, in Strasbourg. And then some people said he was a Spanish Jesuit named Amar. And other people said his true title was the Marquis de Beltmar, and he was a native of Portugal. Some people say he was actually the son of an Italian princess, and he was born in San Germano in Savoy in the year 1710, and his dad was a tax collector named Rotundo. So as you see, everybody said random stuff about this guy. <laughs> Nobody actually knew who he was. He actually used he actually also used the titles Marquis de Montferrat, Comte Bellamar, Chevrolet, San... It's going to be in the show notes. Count Weldon, <laughs> Comte, Soltikoff, Manuel Doria, Graf Terzgozi, and Prince Razkozi. So he used a lot of names. So now, in the 1740s, he started showing up in all these different courts around Europe. He was actually a really skilled musician and violinist and pianist. So he actually went into all these courts. He would play the violin. And he was also super rich and well-spoken. So it was really easy for him to get in. So in 1745, there's this guy. His name's Horace Walpole. He's an English writer. And he actually mentions the Count because the Count was arrested for suspicion of espionage because the English police were like, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you just rocking around here? Mm-hmm. We tell people. But what Horace said, he said, the day they seized an odd man who goes by the name Count St. Germain. He has been here two years and will not tell who he is or whence, but professes two wonderful things. The first, that he does not go by his right name. And second, that he has never had any dealings with any woman, nay, nor any circadium, meaning like anybody else. He <laughs> sings plays on the violin wonderfully, composes, is mad, and not very sensible. He's called an Italian, a Spaniard, a Pole, somebody that married a great fortune in Mexico and ran away with her jewels to Constantinople, a priest, a fiddler, a vast nobleman. The Prince of Wales has an unstatiated curiosity with him, but in vain. However, nothing has been made out against him. He is released, and what convinces me that he is not a gentleman stays here. And they talk about him being a spy, okay? So or a guess- time traveler. Yeah, yeah, this guy was just doing the most. So apparently, 
he also so he stayed in london for quite some time he was doing performances he was just kissing all the ladies hands at court he was having a good old time and there's another lady jemima york and she was like "Ooh, this guy's crazy and she literally wrote a letter again about him she said he's an odd creature and the more i see him the more curious i am to know something about him he is everything with everybody. He talks ingeniously with Mr. Rye, philosophy with Lord Willoughby, and is gallant with Miss York, Miss Carpenter, and all the young ladies. But the character and philosopher is what he seems to pretend to, and to be good deal conceited of. The others are put on to comply with Les Manneries de Monet, but that you must suppose his real characteristic, and I can't but fancy he is a great pretender in all mm. kinds of science. All well, as he really has acquired an uncommon share in some. So basically, she's saying he's a fake. <laughs> he's a fake, but I guess he learned something, so he's a good fake. And she wrote a letter about this. Was yeah. this to a paper, though? No, it looks okay. like she just wrote this somewhere. Okay. Like, like, she was like, here's the tea. I don't like this. Yeah. Guy. yeah. <laughs> And then the other reports when he was in London of that other guy, Walpole, he said he spoke Italian French with the greatest faculty, though it was evident that neither was his language. He understood mm. Polish and soon learned to understand English and talk it a little, but Spanish and Portuguese seemed his natural language. That's impressive. Yeah, he was yeah. He was a polyglot. Yeah, mm. <laughs> he was doing really good. So people, it seemed like everybody just thought like he was real weird, but they didn't mind he was around. Yeah, he was, he stayed in England for a while. They said he had beautiful black hair. He dressed magnificently. He wore a lot of jewels and had a lot of money. He made friends with a lot of really important people, such as Louis the 15th and a guy named, you've heard of him, Giacomo Casanova. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> He even wrote about him too. He said Saint Saint Germain was gave himself out for a marvel and he always aimed at exciting amazement, which he often succeeded in doing. He was a scholar, linguist, musician, and chemist, good looking and perfect ladies man. For a while, he gave them paints and cosmetics. He flattered them, not that he would make them young again, but that their beauty would be preserved by means of a wash, which he said cost a lot of money, but he gave them away freely. He contrived to gain the favor of Madame de Pompadour, who had spoken to him about the king for whom he had made a laboratory in which the monarch, a mater to boredom, tried to find little pleasure or distraction at all events by making dyes. Okay, so this guy was like a really good dyer, apparently. And Louis XV gave him his own laboratory to do make different types of dyes. Madame Pompadour was actually Louis' like favorite mistress. She actually held a lot of like power weirdly enough because he was like super obsessed with her so he got in with her and then got the king to do a lot of stuff so then he was she a witch probably probably i wouldn't be surprised i bet she was witching him with something in 1760s he went to amsterdam he opened a porcelain factory and he had a dye factory and he there was a war going on between france and britain he tried to negotiate the war and then france told him to shut up and then the Dutch people were like, you got to get out of here because the French are mad at you now and then we don't want them mad at us. He went back to England. He traveled around for the next like 20 years between Germany, England, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Italy, and Russia. 
So then in 17, let's see, in 1779, he went to Altona in Schleswig, which I think is in modern day Germany. And he made acquaintance with a guy named the Prince Charles of Hessel Castle. And this guy was really interested in secret societies. And our friend, the Count, said that he had all this knowledge of alchemy. So he made a then he got his own laboratory there in Germany where he was doing all sorts of different experiments. He just could calm people into giving him laboratories. Like all the time. <laughs> he died in 1784 without much of anything. But okay, now we get to the woo-woo part. That was the historical <laughs> part. Okay. So there was a couple, he wrote, like I said, he wrote some music. He wrote some poems, but then he wrote two books. So the first book was called, in English, it's called The Most Holy Trinosophia. And it is a beautifully illustrated 18th century manuscript that describes the symbolic terms, a journey of spiritual initiation or an alchemy process, depending on the interpretation. So people think that he was teaching people how to contact spirits. And he wrote this book about it. He wrote a second book. And this book was in the shape of a triangle and it describes a magical ritual, which by one can perform the two most extraordinary feats that characterize the legend of the Count de Saint Germain, namely procurement of the of great wealth and extension of life. So this triangular booklet, they say, mm. had the spells that he used basically to gain all this money and stay the same age. Because that was another thing people tended to say. He never looked older and it was Mm -hmm. weird. And people were like, aren't you supposed to be old by now? He just wasn't. There was a story that I heard about him actually Mm -hmm. where it was like at one point in time he had known this woman who was from nobility. And then years down the road he saw her again and she had aged and he didn't. Yes. And she was like blown away of who you like she recognized him but he looked the same yes and i think there's more than one account of that yeah yeah people were like he didn't get older and it was weird (laughs) apparently he knew and i didn't write it here but he knew a lot of things from times that like from things that happened long time ago that it just didn't make sense how much detail he knew about it Mm. and it seemed like he wasn't lying like he was just telling a story about shit that happened 500 years prior. And people were like, how do you know that? He's like, i a book. And they're like, that's really a detailed story because it sounds like you were there, my man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so then several people who practice theosophy and practitioners of different historic traditions have claimed to have met St. Germain mm-hmm. in the late 19th or 20th centuries. Like they said in here, it says he died in 1784, <laughs> but mad people were like, no, he didn't. I sure did see him. There's one lady named Annie Besant. She said she met him in 1896. C.W. Leadbeater said that they... I don't know who this person is, but they said that they met this person having brown eyes, olive colored skin and a pointed beard. And the splendor of his presence impaled men to make obedience. So they said they met him in Germany in no, in sorry, in Rome in 1926. Hmm. And this person was saying that this person was doing magical spells at their home 
that they had a home in Transylvania and there they were doing magical spells and they had all these magical symbols all over the wall and they had a seven pointed star with a diamond and amethyst amethyst is supposed to be Mm. the stone of count saint germain and was wearing glorious robes there's another guy david christopher lewis said that oh this is this is pretty recent oh no this is not even the most recent one living this is a spiritual teacher who claims that they met that that they met saint germain in person june 10th 2004 Oh. <laughs> in paradise valley montana okay and apparently more times this other guy david naranzi living czech music composer claims that he met him in may 20 may 23rd 2014 damn mad people said they met him yeah <laughs> somebody says they met him them met him on mount shasta august 1930 cool you know what's crazy as you're telling this story i have a woman i love and adore her and we work together and she swears that she met saint germain on mount shasta this was like in the 90s look he be there apparently yeah (laughs) he hangs out there because a bunch of people there's somebody else who said they met mount shasta so they yeah there's somebody else here who said they met them and met him in mount shasta Ah. Yeah, there's a couple people said that, yeah, he's just hanging out on Mount Shasta. And sometimes he's in Slovakia and sometimes he's in Germany. So (laughs) he gets around. Yeah, in 2011, he was in the mountains of Slovakia. So that's cool. Mm. So anyway, so the other thing about him is many groups honor him as a supernatural being and call him a master of ancient wisdom or an ascended Mm -hmm. master. Apparently has a lot of beautiful magical teachings, such as the ability to teleport, how to levitate, walk through walls and inspire people by telepathy. Like I said before, he's usually associated with the color violet, amethyst and the Maltese cross rendered in violet. He is regarded as the Chohan of the Seventh Ray. According to the Mm. Theosophical Society, the seven rays are the metaphysical principles that govern both individual souls and the unfolding of each 2,158-year-long astrological age. And since, according to Theosophy, the next astrological age, the age of Aquarius, will be governed by the Seventh Ray... St. Germain is sometimes called the hierarch of the age of Aquarius. I'm double Aquarius. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So I think this is good news for you. So they say basically when the age of the Aquarius begins, or actually they say it's begun, Mm -hmm. it began in, in July 1st, 1956. Okay. So they say that it already started. They say that he is the ascended master of this age. That's cool. Mm. The other thing, the last thing we'll talk about here about this, our friend, is that he has been known that he has lived a lot of lives as different people. (laughs) And I will tell you who some of those people are. So people believe that he was Christopher Columbus. So they believe that he was born in Genoa or in Italy, settled in Portugal, and he literally was Christopher Columbus. Francis Bacon, who was an English philosopher, there's a lot of lore around Francis Bacon. They mm-hmm. believe this guy faked his death. I don't know. But well, be- St. Germain. <laughs> yeah. So people are like, yeah, he's definitely this guy and he's never dead. So they believe <laughs> that he was him. They believe that he was Hesiod, who is a Greek poet. They believe that he was the high priest in, the, in Atlantis 13,000 mm-hmm. years ago. They believe that he was Merlin. 
They believe that he was behind a bunch of secret societies in Germany in the late 14th and 15th centuries. And he possibly was the... We don't know if Christian Rosenkreutz was a real person, but they believe that if Christian Rosenkreutz, who's like the founder of the Rosicrucians, was a real person, they believe that the Count St. Germain was him too. Like <laughs> Plato... Proclus, which is another Greek philosopher, Roger Bacon, a different dude. I don't know if he's related to Francis Bacon, that he was a ruler of the golden age of golden civilization centered in a city called the city of the sun 70,000 years ago that was in the Sahara mm. desert. They believe that he was St. Alban, which was a saint that was living in England, the first British martyr. Um, they believe that he was St. Joseph, Jesus's papa, and mm. Samuel, the 11th century religious leader in Israel who served as a prophet, priest, and the last of the Hebrew judges. Do we actually know who this guy was? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> could he have been a swindler? Possibly. Could he have been an ascended master and known tons of magical secrets? Maybe. Could he have just been some rich guy? Possibly. Who just wanted an adventure? Absolutely. Mm. But I choose to think that he was probably just a really cool guy. Because people say he was really smart. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, I forget who said it, but someone famous said, oh, Voltaire, who's a French satirist, he said that the Count St. Germain was the greatest philosopher he'd ever met. I bet he did know some spiritual secrets. That says something. Yeah. <laughs> he was a big writer. Voltaire, I remember, I had to read Candide in school. It's still one of my favorite books. Yeah, so we stand for him. Thank you, Count St. Germain, for gracing us with your presence. Mm -hmm. And if you want to look for him, he's probably on Mount Shasta. Yeah. Because that's where everyone finds him. Yeah. He's probably chilling there. Yeah, so that's our story. It's a never-ending story because he still might be alive. We don't know. But thank you. And now we're coming to the end of our show. Mm. Tara, thank you for sitting here and hearing me talk about St. Germain <sighs> so long and sharing all your awesome stories with us about the Akashic Records and your own story. So just tell the people where they can find you on the internet if they're interested in learning more about Akashic Records or all the yeah. other awesome stuff that you do. Okay, thank you for having me. This has been yeah. so fun. I could listen to you for days. <laughs> oh, God, and will. Know. And girl. <laughs> so for me, my website is where you can find me online is heart to heart. So the number two journey.com. I'm on Instagram under Tara Kenzie. TikTok under Tara Kenzie. Not like really in the full TikTok world, but trying as well. <laughs> And yeah, I do. Well, the things that light me up the most are doing the courses and teaching for how to access the wisdom of your soul. And our next Akashic initiation starts in October. So it is a 12 week journey where you get to learn how to not only work in your own records, but learn how to access the records for others. So that is my baby. That is my excitement. The Akashic Records, I can't say enough. They've changed my life. They changed the way that I view myself, the way that I view, I can't even say the world, the worlds. And something that is wild, beyond my wildest dreams, actually, is I'm going to the UK this month, so the end of July, to speak about the Akashic Records at Cambridge University. What? What? Yes, that is so awesome. Yes. Oh my god, that's so exciting. I'm so excited. 
to oh, talk my. about that in a space that might not necessarily be super receptive to it. And I'm cool with that. I'm going to share the magic. (laughs) Yes. And like, as much as I'm always like, yeah, formal school is like bullshit. I love school. So so like the fact that you're going to, I, even if people there aren't receptive or somebody, Mm -hmm. like you said, this is not a typically receptive crowd. First of all, there's going to be people who are like, what? It's going to blow the, their mind. <laughs> and then there's going to be people who they've just never thought about the world in this other way. There's going to be at least one person in there who you change their life that day. Like, mm. it doesn't matter who it is. Just by talking about that, they'll be like, damn, that's so cool. And it brings so much legitimacy to it. when mm. you get to go into a crowd like that and speak about it. And I think it I really feel like when people do that, it helps like everybody in the spiritual community because it brings us all forward. You're doing great. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm yes. so excited. Uh, Never in a million years would I have ever envisioned that. Mm-hmm. I know I know it's part of the path, like being a messenger. So I'm so excited to to be there and do that. Yes. Oh my God. Congratulations. Go team, go. Yes. yes. We are all rooting for you. That is oh, so awesome. You're going to do that you. awesome. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so awesome. So, on that amazingly up yes. note, <laughs> all of Tara's links are going to be in the show notes. So, if you guys mm. want to check her out, if you want to check out her Akashic Records course and anything she does, everything is going to be there. You can look at everything she does you can follow her and all that good stuff and this is the end of the show so you guys i'm just going to remind you what you're listening to this is time with the divine and again give us a rating if you like us five stars if you really like us and like us on facebook on instagram on tiktok and again if you have any questions comments concerns feel free to email me at dine with the divine pod and if you want to follow me, Ashley, I'm Sankofa HS, that's S-A-N-K-O-F-A-H-S on Instagram and Sankofa Healing Sanctuary on Facebook. And I hope you all have a wonderful week and I'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. <laughs>